Hi there, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Do you have a homestead, farm, or just dream of a rural life? This is a show to help you and your kids grow your own food and grow as a person. I'm your host, Cody Hanner. I'm a homesteader, homeschool mama six, and small town enthusiast. I was raised by an old school rancher and blessed by the grace of God to have been exposed to so much of what rural life has to offer. Join me every week to talk about homesteading, homeschooling, and growth with a homestead education. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Today, I have Stephanie Lee from the Simple Living Made Simple Podcast. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I was telling you before the show that I came across your podcast when I was, you know, actually finding some time in my garden to get to listen to podcasts. And I just, you know, kind of loved your platform of being able to make things a little bit more simple for us. Um, Do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself and kind of how you came into your podcast and stuff? Sure. So um, thank you for having me. And um, I'm excited to be here to speak with you because, you know, you talk all about education and homeschooling and homesteading. And that's really what I cover a lot of um, on my podcast. And I speak a lot to experts um, because I'm pretty new in my homesteading journey. Um, I'm a wife and a mother of five. six and under. So we're kind of Ooh. busy. Yeah. Yeah. We have them six, all out but they're from three to 19. So yeah. Yeah. So we um, are pretty busy. And when we first started with, um, I kind of dove into wanting like a simpler, more self-sufficient lifestyle when I, you know, started having kids, which I think is what a lot of people find and yeah. um, just how to not only save some money, but do it for a budget reason, but also to just kind of, you know, you start really taking a look at what you're eating and where your food's coming from and how you can do things yourself. And then you have this whole, or I had this whole idea that I was going to do it all. And I was going to be an awesome (laughs) mother and I'm going to work and I'm going to do, um, garden. So how'd that turn out? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I decided to stay home after my second and, um, yeah, I just kind of dove headfirst into it at that point. And then, um, I think what I found was that it was hard to make all the things work. You know, you're, you're trying to juggle all the things, um, but trying to find ways to simplify it and work with um, your own rhythms and your own schedules and the seasons that occur, you know, in all areas of life um, is something that I really got drawn to. And then I started the podcast because I really wanted to talk to experts who were had very specific um, expertise and how they were making it work for them. Like I love talking to people about how let's I say that. I actually I noted that you said that in your first little bit because I I'm the first to admit when I'm not the smartest person in the room. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's like I think people that are drawn to this lifestyle want to do everything. Mm-hmm. Um and like, I think it's important to learn that it's like a lifelong learning process. So if you can like start adding things, once you start mastering things, or at least getting good at them and fitting them into your life, um, that's how I've learned to kind of manage, mm-hmm. manage all of it. I, so I hey, yeah, to- I say, uh, master just a few, th- you know, one, two, three mm-hmm. five things at a time until they no longer feel like work. They just feel like life. And then, yeah, uh, yeah definitely. And that's why I like to talk to people and how they, what they're actually, how they fit it into their life and how, like, if I speak to someone who's, who um, is really into making cheese, like, what does that look like from January to December? How do you work that in? Cause 
everything too is based off the of seasons and I'm kind of big mm-hmm. on the seasons of not only like winter, fall, spring, summer, those kind of seasons, but just how your life is continually changing and evolving and, you know, for the good and for the bad, you know? Well, my kids have this running joke when people ask them what their favorite season is, they say calving. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Do they, do they, is that really their favorite season? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you know, we have our own cows and then, mm-hmm. you know, when we drive like our road to town, everybody's cattle ranchers. So there's just babies everywhere. And Aww. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So when does that, cause I'm not, I'm not in the, you know, calving yet, obviously, but like what season is that? Like, how does that work? It's like kind how- of like around here, it's late spring. Okay. Um, there's definitely, different areas. Like I grew up in California and a lot of people mm-hmm. would calve in the fall because we had the really mild winters. Yeah. And then they would just send the cat, you know, send the cow and calves into the mountains to graze for the winter and bring them back in the spring for branding. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think it's, it's different for every community, but for us, it's late spring here. Gotcha. Hmm. So you kind of work that into your whole homestead, obviously your homestead revolves around that, but, um, just the whole workings of your homestead. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's cool. Their least one is farrowing season because that happens in January here. <laughs> wow. It's negative nine. And I've actually had my kids out in the barn with heat lamps and sleeping bags snuggling with a sow while she's farrowing because she it was just too hard on her. Like her whole body was oh. shaking because it was negative nine. We had heat lamps, we had tarps up. I mean, the whole thing and her whole body was just like convulsing. So I had a pile of kids under a blanket with a big old sow while she's in labor. <laughs> I'm sure they'll never forget that. They won't. And it was, yeah. it was Valentine's day. And my husband and I had gone out to dinner and came home and checked at the barn before we went down to the house. And that's yeah. when we saw that she wasn't doing well. Like we let a lot of them just farrow on their own. And she was a great sow who'd mm-hmm. farrowed on her own before, but it was just a really bad night. And so yeah. the kids were out there with the sleeping bags. I was still in high heels. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cause we just texted the kids and they came up to the barn on the quad and mm-hmm. everybody worked all night. Like I said, I'm, I'm in heels and they're snuggling with the sow. And at one point my daughter had piglets down at the house with a heat lamp, like trying to rub them and get them all warmed up. And yeah, that was a fun night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's, gives you some good stories and things to look back on definitely that's really cool those heels are still sitting in my closet and have not been <laughs> since then but they, they really- you know they remind me every time why I don't wear heels that's funny <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so um that's just kind of where we're at you know I'm at now and just kind of trying to add things to the way we live and, and kind of chip at the whole self-sufficiency thing as we go. I love, I love that. So what have you found with um, like building on the seasons of life with the people you've talked to and what you've put together for yourself? And yeah. So when I first kind of started it, you know, I, it seems really overwhelming, you know, especially when you want to do gardening and you want to have chickens and you want to, you know, cook from scratch and you want to preserve everything and all those kinds of things. Um, it's a lot. So, but once you're, you know, you sit back and you realize that like there's a season for gardening or a specific kind of gardening is the spring. And then it, you know, it just all, there's not a formula because things can be definitely sporadic. No one's as the same. Right. But once you kind of settle into what works for yourself and how 
it, you know, goes and it's, you can kind of sit back and let that run like in the back, you know, and take on something else. So like for us, I know now after 10 or so years of gardening, how, how that works, you know, how, Mm -hmm. when I start my seeds, when I put in the garden and that just kind of, I mean, obviously I have stuff I have to do for those, but the thinking of it isn't as intensive. So I can kind of take something else on, um, you know, once those systems are kind of in place. And then in December, I don't really need to be thinking about my garden. That's not like I can focus on something else, you know? So it's not, it doesn't have to be so overwhelming all the time, you know? Yeah. So when you mentioned that, it like, for me, December, I am full-blown thinking about my garden. Mm -hmm. Because we have to start everything inside. Right. You do have, Um, you have a really short, like growing season. Really short growing season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're in a slightly better place where we're at within our County. We're in like a microclimate, but Mm -hmm. we're still like, I can't put my plants in the ground till like the end of May. Yeah. Okay. So December I'm, that's when I'm ordering all my seeds. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. January is when I'm, when I'm setting up my mudroom because I use Mm -hmm. that as a and for me, my mudroom is my cold storage in the winter. So then I have okay. to like switch gears and make sure like everything's frozen and that I'm heating up my mudroom because right. that takes several days to get it up to like temperature where I can start seeds. And mm-hmm. then that's when I start my onions. I start my onions on my birthday every year. It's kind of my, that's how I remember. Right. So these are rhythms that you've, you've mm-hmm. created, but yeah. you know that now you don't have to like stress about it or think about it. You just kind of have that formula for yourself. Yeah. And that's when yeah. I have my husband pestering me like. You don't need more seeds. Like I definitely need more seeds. Oh, we always need more seeds for sure. (laughs) Well, like this year, I, the kids left a bag of pole beans out in the garden, like a big bag of pole beans. Mm -hmm. And one of the pigs got into the garden and ripped open the bag and there are seeds everywhere. And I was like, so I'm not picking those up. So I'm just going to water the heck out of them. And (laughs) I will have pole beans going in with my squash and my raspberries with everything and we'll get whatever pole beans we get and I'll have to order a new bag in the spray or, you know, (laughs) that would be interesting. That would be a cool experience, like experiment to see. I'm I'm calling it my bean pile. (laughs) Yeah. Well, good luck with that. I hope that you, you might find that that's the way to do it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) learn something new you know at least i'll have something to grow on because it's out there with all my squash and stuff so that's true yeah (laughs) it's funny yeah Um, i just just need corn and then i'd have my three sisters so there you go yeah sounds like a good idea um but yeah i think like the seasons are really uh how i've kind of been able to manage my mindset around it you know i think that that's um once you realize things are cyclical and, and uh, seasonal, it helps kind of put everything into like perspective per se. Yeah. With, with that, um, like when you talk to people about their seasons of life and their Mm -hmm. actual physical seasons, what do you suggest for people that live like in different climates and things like that? Like where do you have a suggestion on where they can find information on that? Well, I guess like there's so many people to follow that like, I, I don't, I mean, I follow people I like and I follow everyone and everything as far as like gardening resources and stuff. But if you can really find someone that is in your climate, um, that is a good resource. That is really good. There, you know, you have all these extension offices um, that are in your area. Um, they help with, well, that's specifically with gardening and stuff. But 
I think a lot of it too is just um, trial and error. So you can't be scared of just like jumping and try and kind of see how it works for you. Because even though it may be seasonal as far as location wise, it may not always work with your family or the thing, the activities you're doing or, you know, those kinds of things. So it, for me, like I said, my oldest is six, almost seven. So that's about as long as I've really been focusing on this. And, um, it's taken probably until now, almost, you know, several years of just trying to figure out what works with you and your family and the way your family moves. And like I said, it's ever changing, but that shouldn't be like discouraging, you know, it should just be almost like accepting like that, like this is something that it's just how it is and you're going to have to learn and adapt. And that's a good thing, really. I find it exciting when I'm like, Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I obviously have my frustrations, um, but at the same time, I'm like, that didn't work. Like, but I'm really excited to be able to grow our own corn. So next year I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and like work through it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you always learn something, even if you fail, you know, so. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So what's something that you're trying to like work into your routine next? So this summer, we're kind of um, taking, not like a step back. I mean, I had our fifth in April. So our garden is a little bit um, smaller than normal. We took a year Um, off from having cows and milk because launching the business and stuff. I needed a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a lot and it is a lot to do, you know, and that's okay. Like you don't have to be doing everything in every moment, you know no one says you have to do everything and there's other ways you can source what you need and still be within self-sufficiency or community sufficiency or however it is that you want to. Do you have some tips on how to like source what you need in that community sufficiency for those that can't do everything? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that it's important to um, assess what it is that you want. Like, I think And this again comes with kind of experience and really focusing on what it is that your family consumes and how your family works and what they use and how they just manage, you know, life really. So like, I mean, if you take inventory of like all the things that you eat regularly, I mean, our family is pretty simple. So we eat very basic foods and then I cook from scratch. So if I need to source my milk and get well, in Maryland, we can't buy raw, raw milk, so I have to be creative <laughs> or something, you know? Right. Um, but like knowing those kinds of things and then finding, uh, just do it one at a time, like raw milk. Okay. If I want raw milk, how do I get raw milk? You know, like we don't live far from Pennsylvania line. I could just drive over the line and get raw milk if I need mm-hmm. to. Um, so taking it one thing at a time and then kind of figuring out how to make it work for you. But again, this comes with like knowledge of, of what it is you're consuming. So I think that's a very, very first step is to figure out what it is your family eats, what your family likes, how you can source things from the community and then just kind of chip away at it. Um, like right now we do get all of our beef from a local farmer. We have our own chickens. Um, one thing I want to do is have our own meat chickens. Um, hopefully next year, we, this year we, um, the newest baby, we just, I have all the plans. It's all ready to like, you know, go out and to do it and to make those chicken tractors and everything, just have it like pull the trigger. 
on that, you know? You know what? We've been wanting to do it. And so what we use is electric fence netting. Okay. And it's not hot. We just use it because it's easy to have like with the step-in posts and okay. we just move it around the pasture. Really? And then I have like a mini, it started out like now we have like a, it's supposed to be a chicken tractor, but it's an old one we got from a neighbor. Mm-hmm. But I took one of those um, like baby gate setups that was okay. an old one and it had gotten nasty in our garage and stuff. And I made it into like a little hut, you know, and then I put a tarp over it and just zip tied the tarp on. Mm-hmm. And so at night they have a place to go in and my son can just swing the little door shut and nice. um, in the mornings he lets them back out and they cruise all around. So they just like free range then at that point. That's good. Because they have, well, they have the netting, but it's. Oh, okay that's Ooh. a big area, you know? So yeah, things can be pretty primitive, you know, you don't mm-hmm. need to. And I think that's where I'm stuck here. And I find, I'm sure a lot of people do this. They, they tend to overthink, especially when they have more time than they need. They send up overthinking and mm-hmm. um, fill that time with work and you'll just figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, that's usually what I end up having to do is just dive head first, feet first, whatever, into mm-hmm. whatever project I am. It's just this time I have to get has been involved, which is not a problem, but he's a little bit more like bring me down to earth. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm laughing because yeah, I know that one. And you know, it's actually like my husband, I think he's less down to earth than me <laughs> with some of that stuff because he doesn't yeah. realize like how much work it all is. And he's like, yeah, yeah, let's right. do it. Uh-huh. He doesn't want to do the work. Yeah. Then, then I'll be like, okay, well, I think that we should do this to make all of the other work easier. And he's like, yeah, but that's work up front. I'd rather just do the work, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like you're not proactive, you're reactive. So like, mm-hmm. of, like, you know, we're having an issue with one of our fences right, right now. And like a heifer keeps getting out and I'm like, okay, we need to do a second strand. He's like, or like, I mean, when she gets out, we just put her right back in. And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, well, maybe we could just get um, a stronger bot, like um, charger box. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's great, but those are $200 when we yeah. have the extra fencing to do the second strand right now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but then I have to weedy all the way around the fence. And I'm like, that's probably why she's getting out because it's grounding out the fence. <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah. let's do that, you know, the upfront and then mm-hmm. you won't have to be chasing the heifer all over the countryside. Yeah. Which yeah, we have I, a group I, of cows. She's just a brat. <laughs> that's funny. Really? She just like, wants to get out that's yeah her and her funny. sister we named them Thelma and Louise oh that's funny because they're troublemakers <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I mean my husband definitely is all on board with anything that I want to do but he works in construction mm-hmm. so it's like the well if we're gonna do it we gotta do it right which means we gotta do this and this and this and this I'm like let's yeah. just get like crap material and put it up and like <laughs> make it work and you know so we have to find a happy medium in some ways like you know actually moving forward doing things so yeah but my husband's a disabled vet (laughs) Mm -hmm. so he's home all the time but he he's a mechanic not construction yeah I'm like we need to build this he's like I don't know how I'm like great I do let's do it (laughs) (laughs) but Um, then you say like the you know mechanics car never runs so oh I knew that I was talking (laughs) about that today yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah we're constantly he's like okay we're gonna i'm like okay we need to put the gardens in this weekend he's like all right i'll get the rototiller running well saturday morning he goes out and he's like yeah the rototiller's not gonna run and we need to get all these new like it needs a new carburetor and all this stuff and i'm like why didn't you like put it to bed right in the fall and he's like i don't know i didn't think about it but I was like yeah so now, and I told you a week ago that we were going to do the garden. So now the garden's like pushed out three more days because we have to wait till Monday to get the parts mm. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because like these are like just real problems, like not problems, but you know, you like know, how things work and well, when people and- are... Sorry, on a project together no you're fine even when I bring that up with him like you know in this conversation like that we're having right now it's not even dissing on him it's that he hasn't learned the that cyclical season of life that comes with farming yeah where I grew up ranching and he didn't yeah well my husband and I keep talking about like just like that like developing like a home maintenance schedule it sounds so easy but like now that or it sounds so simple that like but now that we like have lived in our home, like we know when we need, this sounds silly, but we know when we need to, let's say, change the air conditioning vents, you know? So just like plan, like putting that on the calendar for change of seasons. And I don't got to think about that. I don't got to wonder when did we change it? Um, So just kind of building that out for, Mm -hmm. for our family is something that I think has helped. Yeah. That's such a good idea. Cause like, I have that for all of our equipment, whether or not it gets completed or not another, you know, but it's a start. Yeah. But I worked in food safety for years, like in the big food plants and I was Mm -hmm. going all those schedules. So I do that a lot for our house. I do it with our animals. So like, I know who got shots when and yeah, but yeah, that's a really good idea for, to do it for the house too. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, my husband is like all well you know we got things we got to do but it's hard when you wake up Saturday morning like okay well obviously we want to do something productive but what is it that we do and then you know before you know it's not Saturday's over and then it's like so it's just like if we knew we had to do this this and this on the weekend it get done a lot easier you know and then that was a conversation we were having yesterday because we were talking about um the Mennonite families that live near us Mm -hmm. versus the other families that my husband does um maintenance on their equipment um and trade for hay and he's like you know the Mennonite families they their equipment is always running it doesn't matter how old it is it's always running because they always have the maintenance done and I was like you did the nail on the head right there is they always have their maintenance done and he's like well where do they find time I was like they don't have the distractions that we do with our cell phones and TVs and even a lot of the running that we do. I mean, midnight families, they all drive cars and have cell phones and stuff. They're just, Mm -hmm. they treat them differently than we do. Right. And, you know, I was telling my husband, I'm like, we just need to take, if you think you have nothing to do, you still have four hours of work that day. (laughs) True. Like, and just, you know, go to the, we do have a running like farm list that we want to get done Mm -hmm. and it's like, um, upgrade stuff, not like our normal everyday stuff. And I'm like, go to that list and just pick something off it. It might be big. It might be small. It Mm -hmm. might you know like be like spring weeds. So you can't do it on a windy day or whatever, you know? And, um, he, we're learning how to build that in. And I feel like if we had like a maintenance list like that, where he could see it on a more on a schedule that follows the seasons he would know what needs to be done right better I mean I will admit that I've 
plugged it into our phone to happen yearly to remind him to blow out the sprinkler system. But well, you know, I mean, I think that that's, that's good. That's like the kind of stuff that, yeah, would help though. Like if you had all the things you need to do that you find yourself then playing catch up with because you haven't done Mm -hmm. it or you're fixing something because it wasn't maintenance wrong. I mean, that's how, yeah, like, you know, that's what's kind of been working with us. Um, But we, you kind of need the experience on like what it is that you Right. So and I have a really great book that I bought. I don't even know. It's like a homestead planner style book. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it explains how to do some of the stuff and has a schedule. But for me, I'm like, you know, I'll pick up the book, you know, several times a year and be like, oh, it's winter time. Let's see what needs to be done. My husband's never going to do that. Yeah. Right. Um, the only reason he'll let me buy books is because I reminded him that if an EMP hits, we wouldn't have the internet anymore. Right. Work though. Now he doesn't complain when I buy books. That's good. <laughs> so everybody use that one, you know, because I know everybody's mm-hmm. husband's having the same issue yeah. right now with this learning revolution we're having. The women are like, buy all the books. And the husbands yeah. are like, the Amazon man is like a family a member of the family now. <laughs> <laughs> There's worse things we could be buying than books. Right. But yeah. um Yeah. I feel like if I could put that schedule into like a spreadsheet or something that I could print out and he could see, Mm -hmm. I think that's worth like, you know, the day of work or something that it would take to do that. Yeah. I think so too. And I like, I think that, so if you're just really starting off, like, or even just like just being intentional and thinking about what those things are, when you find yourself changing something or maintenance, something or cleaning something out, um, kind of figure out how often you have to do it and schedule it. I think not schedule it. You know, I mean, I rebel if I'm too structured. So um, I do for sure. So just say like within this week, I need to get this done, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, even, you know, like you said, the, you know, changing the air filter, like, yes, we Mm -hmm. want that done before summer hits every year Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that, you know, once we start running the AC, it's good. So Mm -hmm. as long as it's done sometime between January and May. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Uh, We definitely have those like, we had one this week where the, the salt ran out of the water softener mm-hmm. on well, and we just have really hard water. And so we have the salt and we ran out and we knew we ran out. Cause you know, like things were starting to get a little, like not filmy, but they get like a white tint to them, mm-hmm. like our dishes and stuff. And, um, I was telling my husband, like, we need to get the salt. We need to get to salt, the salt. And like I said, we live 45 minutes from town. So sometimes if we forget, like we're not going back to town for it. Right. You know? And we were going to can the other day and we ran a whole bunch of dishes through the dishwasher on the sanitized cycle, pull them out. And they were all white. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, so I'll be hand washing those. And yeah. We need to get that salt. Like he went and got it. <laughs> but That's funny. That probably took a lot more time than. than it did. Know. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it would have been, it actually probably would have been faster to run back to town one day and get that salt. <laughs> but we're like. Uh, like I mentioned before, we have road construction right now. And so it adds like 30 minutes, an hour to my commute. Like I went to the doctor yesterday and it was a four hour round trip. And I was only in the doctor's office for like 15 minutes. (laughs) Horrible. Yeah. And where they stop you, I never have any service. So I can't even sit there and work like Oh boy. That's kind of pain. (laughs) I'm like looking out the window, like twiddling my thumbs, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, I bought snacks for the way home. Well, that was smart. 
but yeah, yeah if we would have just went and got the salt, it probably, or had it on a schedule, like every three months we need to yeah. change the salt because that's about how much, but we end up never changing it until we're out. Well, then I guess just having it on hand, you know, obviously, because that's kind of like, yeah, that's a good too. idea too. <laughs> well, you know, you know. over here with brilliant ideas. You know? but, I mean, that's why you talk to other people, you know, like yeah. the, I, in our house, we're never going to run out of like garbage bags and mm-hmm. batteries and that type of stuff because I order them on subscription and whether I need them or not, yeah, they come and I can... I can cancel the subscription for the month or whatever, but I'm like, you know what? You never know when something's going to happen where we need all of those, but I I never thought about it with the salt. That's whether I order it or just make sure when we go buy, we buy four bags instead of two. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's those kind of, like I said, those kind of things that like you kind of have to live a little bit in where you are in your home and your life to kind of, make those routines so yeah. I don't think you only lived here five shouldn't... years and never thought about that <laughs> <laughs> well people shouldn't get discouraged you know like that they with all the overwhelm because it's always changing always evolving you know? yeah well that's like you know that's such an easy fix and that's yeah I love mm-hmm. that that's the type of conversations that we're getting to have as yeah. so many of us are moving to such a new lifestyle for us like where we didn't have our mothers or our grandmothers immediately in the house teaching us these steps Yeah, right. that we're having to kind of refigure them out because yeah. at this point, like, you know, my, the, who should be the mentors in my life will stand there and be like, seems like a waste of time. You know, you can just buy that mm. from the store and I'm like, right. yeah, but you know, <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure you see, as you talk to people, how much of like, um, self-sufficiency revival is happening. We were talking about it a little bit earlier, but like how many people are like yearning to get back to taking control in various ways of like their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody's learning at a different rate and everybody is learning their own, what fits their life. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm actually this community that we're starting to build on a larger scale um, now I'm starting to see a lot of people start trying to build them in their communities, like mm-hmm. the, their geographical communities, not like their internet communities. Yeah. Um, I, I personally am having a homestead conference. I don't know when this is going to air, so it might even be after it. Cause it's in like seven weeks, mm-hmm. but I'm having a small homestead conference, about 200 people just to come and build community. Wow. Yeah. That's really important. There's no like community anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's less about, you know, how to grow seeds. You can Google anybody and learn how to grow seeds, mm-hmm. but building that community with your family and your spouses and your geographical community and stuff is it's priceless. Yeah. That's and what I did a couple. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying, it's not something you can find just from a Google search. You really can't. And like, I have done something locally with um, some family and some friends, like teaching well we're going to be doing some canning demonstrations and canning together because a lot of people have never canned and they want to and they're scared of it and so um i'm going to be doing some little local workshops for friends and families this year but um i did do one like in march or so about how to build your pantry where to get where to source things where to how like what you would need for a from scratch pantry because some people don't even know what that is or how to build that or 
I um, had to which I think is was, the first step of being self-sufficiency is self-sufficient is having a pantry. Um, so. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when we started our all natural journey, mm-hmm. I thought that we, I was always a home cooker. I mean, I grew up hunting and we always had gardens, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much not of a home cooker I was. Yeah. Until I really started down that journey and realized there was so much more I could be doing. And that was a big shift. Changing my pantry from rice aroni to, you know, wild rice. And yeah. if we want rice with dinner and, you know, how, then how to make it even taste good. Because, you know, at first I'm like, okay, like I followed a recipe to cook rice. Yeah. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really having to go through those steps, but my chickens were really happy for a while while I figured out how to make some <laughs> decent sure. flavored sure. rice. <laughs> yeah. They got all the scraps. Yeah. And there's even still some things in my pantry that, um, was it like nutritional yeast? I have like a whole jar of nutritional mm-hmm. yeast that I had for four years at this point. It's probably bad, but <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to, I, I bought it because it seemed like a good idea. Yeah. I had like one recipe that called for it. I have never used it. No, it's good on popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like it. My kids like it. Mm -hmm. And there's a few other recipes or, um, you know, we were trying to do some of our own, uh, like bullions Mm -hmm. used in there, but it just, you know, it's that figuring out what works for your family. And that just wasn't something that was sustainable for us. Right. So we moved on from it and I have it still in the pantry and I'm like, okay, I need to figure out what to do with this. Like if it's bad, like maybe the animals would like it. I'm sure my pigs would love it. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's somewhere we start. And I, I, a lot of people I think are getting, like I say, getting back to that, getting back to the, um, just doing things yourself or wanting to know how to these like time on or lost skills, you know, I think people are starting to embrace a lot more and, and being able to share that with someone in person is something that's, I don't think offered too many places. And it, it's, would be great if it was, you know, it, you know, and like, there's this, like in our community, we have a really close knit group like that. And mm-hmm. it's stuff like, you know, one guy, he's diabetic and he controls his diabetes with, uh, cider. Mm-hmm. So we have, this is an old community that has a lot of apple trees just growing on the sides of roads and stuff. And he'll go and pick all those apples He'll take it down to the Mennonites where they have a press and they will press it all for him. Mm -hmm. And then he takes all the scraps and he'll bring it to us to feed our hogs. Wow. Then we donate like meat to our community every year. And it's just this like really nice circle Mm -hmm. that happens within our community that we don't see everywhere else. That's really awesome. Like that's just, I don't know. It's really nice to hear about, you know, Mm-hmm. I'd like to we don't live in like a what you would call a small town I'm kind of on my um a hunt for um a small t- town type um community because I do think that's um uh ideal for us and our family yeah mm-hmm. and you know you can find it in the larger communities too it's just yeah. reaching out and finding those people who are in your corner and yeah. the same way you do and you know want to build that community sufficiency in the local yeah. food systems and if it's not there you know you can build it yourself or work on building it it's kind of where I'm at hopefully with our community yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. um 
So we're not quite done yet, but one thing I always like to ask towards the end of my episodes is what does keep growing mean to you? Keep growing. Um, Well, I think that everything is growing. Like, you know, you're all, you're growing your kids, you're growing your gardens, you're growing yourself. So I think that it's learning and understanding and accepting that life is like you will always be learning. You will always be adding more new skills um, and accepting that because it's hard for people that are attracted to this lifestyle. You know, I know when I first started, um, I had a list like goals for the year and I was going to like start baking bread, start sewing, start, you know, chickens and making my own vinegar, all kinds of like crazy stuff. But I really believed it when I first started. And I had to come to the realization that a lot of these are just lifelong skills and that Mm -hmm. I'm going to always be learning and perfecting, not perfecting, but, you know, building on. Well, you find your opportunities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we, um, you know, the thing with the apples, like every year we do our own apple stuff and then I feed the scraps to my pigs. Well, I'm like, man, I need to be doing my own vinegar with this. Like, the pigs can get scraps from the community. Like I'll yeah, use my own for making some vinegar. So, and that's been several years in a row. I've said that. And I'm like, okay, I think this year might be the year. So. Yeah. I think that like just adding, you know, adding things as you go and being okay with that and like kind of settled in that that's how it is and enjoying learning. Cause your kids are, if you have kids, your kids are watching that. And so to foster that sense of learning and growing, um, it's something that's really, really great to pass on to them and something that you can model for them as well. Yeah. Modeling that behavior is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not complaining about it. I think that we grew up in a culture that everything was a complaint. Yeah. I think that people are uh, not sure how to be uncomfortable. <laughs> um, you know, uh, if you're uncomfortable, then something's wrong or something's, you know, a mistake or unsafe or something, but you mm-hmm. can be uncomfortable in situations and do hard things and, you know, get, get through it and on the I other side. I have that book, the comfort crisis on my, okay, on yeah. my read list, because I'm, I want to be able to teach my family that a little bit more. I haven't read that, but I've heard that that's a good one, but mm-hmm. I've noticed it even with my kids, like when they say, oh, it's too hard. I said, well, good thing you can do hard things, you know, cause <laughs> you can do this. Um, right. Yeah. You know, I, my kids recently, we have a huge berry patch on our property, Mm -hmm. but we love huckleberry picking like out in the woods. And they were like, why does, why do we hate picking the berries on our own property, but love going huckleberry picking? That's funny. Yeah. And I said, cause the berries on our property are a chore. It's an obligation. It's a, something that has to be done where the berry, the huckleberry picking is an activity. We're getting out of the house. We're packing snacks. We're hiking. Mm -hmm. We're you know, that's an adventure. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's true. And I'm like, so, you know, maybe look at it. If we're picking a bucket of berries on our property every day, then that allows us the time to get to go on our adventures. And like, it was Mm -hmm. like all different. They were out there picking berries every day. Wow. So is that mindset shift? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Sure. So I um, have the Simple Living Needs Simple podcast, which is a lot of fun. Um, talk to all kinds of experts from sewing experts to 
I had people talk about trading, you know, um, how to trade and um, barter. That was really fun. So a lot of different aspects on how to make your life a little bit more simple, a little bit more self-sufficient um, and create a home, you know, that you want and for your family. Um, I also have a blog. It's called Winging It on the Homestead. And um, I have some stuff on there. And yeah, follow me on Instagram and I'll drop all of my new episodes. So yeah. Thank you so awesome. much. I will make sure I link everything in the show notes and yeah. everybody make sure you go check out Stephanie because she has some amazing information. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, please head over to your favorite podcast player and leave a comment and review. This helps me to know what you're enjoying and helps others find an episode that can help them. Thank you for joining me today at the Homestead Education. And I hope that I have given you something to think about this week. To help others find me, please comment and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow me on Facebook at The Homestead Education and Instagram at homestead underscore education. Do you have questions that you would like answered or just want to say hi? Please email me at hello at the homesteadeducation.com. Until next time, keep growing!